Governor Tina Kotek is taking a big swing at addressing housing in this year's legislative short session. But our city doesn't seem to be moving fast enough to meet her ambitious goals. And some city leaders and developers blame strict building codes for the delay in new housing construction. But aren't these building codes there to keep us safe? So today on CityCast Portland, we're talking with Portland Mercury reporter Taylor Griggs about what this push to build more and faster means for the long-term safety and future of our city's new developments. It's Wednesday, February 21st. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. So last month, our city council approved some big housing development changes, which included tax breaks and also relaxing some long-standing building codes, you know, all to spur production. Can you lay out what's changed starting with the building requirements? Yes. So the Housing Regulatory Relief Project is the project that temporarily waived and reduced some zoning code standards, including design rules. Some are complicated and some are kind of more easy to understand. One of the the rules that's being changed has to do with ground floor active use. So buildings now in certain parts of the city are required to have a ground floor height and window standards that meets active use requirements so that if you are building a new development, the bottom floor can be used for some kind of commercial project. And a lot of the times right now you'll see these ground floors and they have nothing in them. I mean, I feel like most places that I see with these ground floors that are supposed to have restaurants or whatever, they are empty. So it makes sense like why build it and you can also just get more housing out of that section anyhow. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Does anything that they approved make you feel like maybe, I don't know, like raise alarms that it's not as safe? Because that was like my gut reaction when I heard that the city was relaxing building codes. I was just like, well, which ones? Why? (laughs) I think that makes total sense. Yeah. We don't want to get into like a triangle shirtwaist factory situation (laughs) where the doors, you know, you're prone to catching on fire, especially. Oh my God. (laughs) Sorry. I just love that. You're just like, (laughs) that's just like a deep, it's a deep cut, Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) I think about the triangle shirtwaist factory a lot. It's kind of an everyday sort of thought for me. (laughs) Um, So, but I mean, something maybe more, more relevant here is, is seismic, um, you know, it needs to be resilient for earthquakes. That is not something that's being changed in this project. So I didn't see any safety concerns in these. I think most people think what's being changed is pretty reasonable. Um, there were some concerns about environmental standards, especially because um, when the Design Commission presented City Council with their proposed changes, it did not include some things that the commission had talked about, which were um, relaxing the eco roof requirement and relaxing the bird safe glazing requirement. And Commissioner Gonzalez wanted to bring that back after talking with some developers and some people from the community. So Commissioner Gonzalez basically was just like, yeah, let's build buildings where birds just fly into them and they die. That's totally fine. And I mean, not 
it's not only does it sound draconian, like what the hell, dude, but also uh, we actually do have like an emergency of sorts. Like our songbirds are rapidly dying. Like this is this is a big deal. Um, but yeah, so the glaze that is still a requirement to have on these new buildings essentially makes it so the bird knows I can't go through that. Yeah, it's not just sheer invisible glass. Um, and, you know, you don't really want to live in a building where birds keep hitting it. You know, for if, if you don't even care about birds, it still would kind of suck to be in that situation. So um, <laughs> that did not end up going through. It was sort of a dramatic conversation at city council um, about whether or not this, this should pass. And Commissioner Ryan agreed with with Gonzalez about oh, did he? relaxing this. Yes. Oh, Commissioner Dan Ryan was like, hey, yeah, fuck those birds. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's exactly what he said, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> Their argument is that, in, by the, I mean, the developers who were kind of petitioning city council to get rid of this is that it, not very many birds are impacted and that it costs them a lot of money and also that um, it's just a temporary fix. So the project only lasts for five years, but it will have a longer term impact because the buildings that are being created now will, you know, hopefully stand for a long time. And all of those birds will, will kind of have to deal with that for, for that time if they were to have yeah. um, loosened that requirement. Yeah, I'm glad that they threw that out. Um, yeah. What about the roof? I don't understand like what they wanted to get rid of with the eco roof. Yeah, so eco roofs are kind of like green spaces sort of on apartments. Um, they can be, I think, on, on the roof or on another kind of surface. But it is required to have that in some parts of the city on new developments. And, you know, this is mostly in the central city. That was something that developers were also concerned about, um, the expense. And ultimately, the, the Design Commission and City Council went ahead with a proposal to say that developers could exchange the eco-roofs for solar panels instead. But um, developers said that solar panels were even more expensive than eco-roofs, so they didn't want to have to do either of these things. So, I mean, we already heard about some of the safety concerns uh, related to these, the slashing of these policies, which you say there aren't much to really write home about. Um, and it seems like Gonzalez and Ryan, <laughs> Commissioner Gonzalez and Commissioner Ryan, were shut down by uh, the other uh, council members and environmental groups. So it, it was Carmen Rubio, right? Isn't this her thing? Well, I don't want to give total credit to Commissioner Carmen Rubio, who's in charge of the um, Housing Bureau and the Bureau of Planning and Sustainability, who was in charge of the Housing Regulatory Relief Project. Um, but she did kind of run these latest suite of local housing reforms. Of course, this has also been a big statewide issue, too. So Governor Kotek, mm -hmm. when she came into office, made building more housing a big priority for the whole state. So it sounds like this was already kind of in the works and it landed on her lap and she is the one who's been pushing it forward. Yeah, I would I would say so. Rubio has pushed this forward and she I mean, yeah, she's been doing a lot with kind of all of her bureaus to advance these policies. Cool. And there's also these deeper property tax breaks, right? For building affordable housing units. What does that mean? Inclusionary housing program which has existed since 2017. It requires developers who are building apartment 
buildings or, or multi-unit dwellings with more than 20 units to designate a percentage of the units to being below market rate, so for affordable housing, low-income residents. But because there were no tax breaks for the those developers, the argument was that people who wanted to to develop new residential buildings were not building them at all, low income or market price, because they didn't want to have to build the lower income housing. So this new inclusionary housing program, as it's renewed, um, does give tax breaks to developers to build the low income units and hopefully will make it so that they feel like it's, it's worth doing. All right, well, let's take a quick break here. And when we return, will all of this code slashing actually spur development? This isn't the first time city council has worked with developers to devise a plan to increase housing. And still, lots have been left empty and affordable housing is sparse. Like, what makes this time any different? Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the main question here. As important and, you know, good of housing policy these new programs and projects are, a lot of people think they're kind of a drop in the bucket for how much housing we really need. And if you look back in the past, yeah, as you said, city council has worked with developers and kind of, you know, listened to what the development community thinks is the most important thing, preventing them from building more housing. And it's still, we're kind of in the worst of the crisis right now. Mayor Ted Wheeler gave an impassioned speech about this very subject that was pretty interesting at one of the city council meetings where they were discussing this, kind of saying that in the past, developers have brought up a variety of different problems. And now they're talking about bird glazing and eco roofs as if they're the yeah. primary things preventing affordable housing. And he's like, I don't, I don't really buy that. Yeah. You know, Mayor Wheeler has been in charge when... The city bended over backwards so many times for developers to make things. And, you know, I think he even said, like, I'm still looking at a lot of parking lots where my political capital was burned, but no housing was developed. Yeah. And that's like a pretty powerful statement where he's just like, yo, we've already given developers so much. And so I think it's pretty reasonable that some are a little skeptical. Like, how is this going to be any different, you know? Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I think that right now there is more kind of um, of a statewide emphasis on this and there's more eyes on the, the problem than there have been in the past. So that could mm -hmm. be one thing that makes this time different than in the past. But as far as the policies themselves, I think that, you know, there are things that people have been asking for for a while, but it may not make a humongous difference. Yeah. Well, I'm just glad that Commissioner... Mingus and Rubio and Mayor Wheeler were able to hold it down in a sense where, you know, some of these asks didn't even make the cut because those were the most ridiculous things. <laughs> Still just like, you want to kill birds? <laughs> like, what the hell, man? I mean, people came out and like, really... what is wrong with everybody? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. I... That's just like, <laughs> I, I can't even, like, you can imagine that from developers. You can totally imagine it from people who are just like, oh, I want to save, you know, few thousand dollars here or whatever. But like, God dang. So Gonzalez, who who proposed these amendments, was getting a lot of um, positive feedback from, yeah, specific developers and the 
Portland Metro Chamber, formerly known as the Business Alliance. They were all super supportive of these ideas. But on the other side, there were hundreds of people who wrote in asking them not to adopt these. So people were really against the reduced environmental regulations. Yeah. I mean, this is all in a way to get us to Governor Kotek's goals of building 55,000 units of housing in Portland by 2032. So do you think that all of these code slashing and tax breaks are realistically going to get us there? So first of all, there's a few different numbers that are going around. There's the 2032 plan, which has been in place for a while to build Mm -hmm. 55,000. And then Governor Kotek, her emergency order wanted to establish the housing production goal of 36,000 new housing units a year statewide. I think that these policies put into place by the city of Portland will not be a huge game changer in getting us to pretty much double the, the housing production. People think of them as good policies, but there are other issues. I mean, right now, the main thing that people are citing really is is interest rates that are a problem across the whole country. Mm-hmm. It's very expensive to buy property right now. Um, so that's really something that the city and the state can't control. I think that there is, yeah, definitely more of an emphasis on this than there has been in the past. But I do think there's some skepticism about these sort of drop-in-the-bucket solutions. Um, I I don't know how they can kind of um, calculate exactly how many more units these policies will allow people to build. Yeah. Well, it seems like at least... We're getting to a better place with like our integrity intact, if that makes sense. Like we're not cutting corners. It doesn't sound like we're cutting corners for the seismic building codes or just the safety codes that buildings need. And we're not uh, skimping on the environmental measures. So that's pretty that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I will say that one of the issues with Gonzalez bringing up these amendments that were related to the environment, and like you said, you know, they did end up kind of avoiding cutting corners here. But Rubio specifically was upset um, because he brought it up at the last minute and seemed like he was kind of trying to usurp the Planning Commission, which had worked really hard on this for a long time. So in another political environment, to be honest, I could see some of the commissioners being more favorable to relaxing some of these more controversial codes. I think that there's a lot of contention right now that makes it ripe for an argument to take place. I think developers can make an argument that wins our current commissioners over pretty easily. Um, But for the most part, yes, I think that these city policies that have been put into place are are seen by most as as reasonable and most people don't have problems with them, including the strong conservationists and also very strong housing advocates. Yeah, man. So what I'm hearing is if uh, Commissioner Gonzalez does become mayor, all the birds will die. That's what I've heard from you just now. Well, that, I don't that, want to is say. That a fact? Is that a fact? I That's think a fact. That the- <laughs> all right. Print it. Print it. I'm just sorry, He's Taylor. going Go to um, accuse me of, of something far worse than that, if you say He's going to be like, Taylor threatened my life. Yeah, because a flock of birds just flew over and and carried me away. (laughs) Oof. Oh, oof. But you know what? Deserved. I will say also one, I think that this is not something that people will 
you know, necessarily be able to see change right away. I think that, you know, construction has a long lead time in general and with high interest rates and everything else, it's going to take a while. But I think the consensus among advocates is that the, the more pressure politicians and, and advocates are putting on on developers and the more, you know, just better policies are in place, the better it will be eventually when hopefully the, the situation and the market is, is better. Yeah. Well, thank you, Taylor, for writing uh, this really interesting article. We're going to link it to our show notes. And uh, yeah, we'll probably have you on in a, in a couple weeks anyhow for our Friday roundup. <laughs> sure. Of course. I'll be, be glad to talk to you. Then. Bye, Taylor. Bye. Thank you. Well, that's all for today here on CityCast Portland. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's.